0: This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with our. You said that well sexy. Yeah, it's like, ow. With our. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, good boys. Hmm. That's why we had to re-record that because I didn't do it in the podcast voice the first time. I was like, that sounds really weird. Let's redo this.
1: Yeah, it's so weird how we have podcast voices and like phone voices, just like all different voices to talk to our friends and then our family. Like, I swear to God, if I'm yeah. if, if I'm talking to my mom, I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, whatever. And then as soon as I'm like, yes, mummy, of course, absolutely. Phone voice is like. <laughs> Oh yes, I'm really, really excited to do this. This is going to be amazing. And it's just like... And, and the podcast
0: voice is just trying to be sexy. Yeah, sexy,
1: right? It's just like, oh, hey, oh, mm, yeah. a ASMR. <laughs> <laughs> so we are really, really excited about today's episode. Um, this is a very special episode. And by the way, I am Florence. Oh, yeah. And I'm Reed. Oh, we just, we're <laughs> shit at that. We'll get, we'll get very so shit at that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're really excited. So we have the amazing musician Awa joining us as well as Dr. Andrea Pennington.
0: As our support therapist throughout this episode. Yes. Because this episode is really special because we are talking about the healing process after sexual assault. Which is why we wanted to create the safest space for our on our podcast. So we have a therapist joining us as well to make sure it's like the best space to talk about that sort of thing
1: yeah hopefully we can get anyone advice who might have gone through the same thing but also be prepared there might be trigger warnings well there are this is a trigger warning there might be triggers for you um but fingers crossed that this will this episode will give you some light on whatever situation you're dealing with yeah it's all all about healing
0: and self-love and lots of positive things plus we get to find out all about our
1: as well it's gonna be great so let's bring them on Hey you two, hi, welcome to Fuck's Given. Hi, yeah, thank you. you for being here. It's good to be back. Yeah, Andrea, you
0: were with us, um, I don't know, maybe it was a, was it like a year ago. We were still in lockdown yeah. times and you came to talk to us about all of your work and it was really amazing. So thank you so much for yeah, being here was, again.
2: It was fun to talk about orgasms and all that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> And we have our here, which we are so
1: excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So good. Just watching your music videos this morning. Mm, Hello. See you in the (laughs) bus. Big ups to you, Awa. Thank you.
3: Thank you. The music
1: videos are actually really, really cool. I yeah, love it. Yeah, they're really them. nice. Thank like, you. That bath bathroom setting, I was like, Oh god, it's so good. <laughs> Getting like cutesy, quirky seventies, old school granny, granny vibes. I was loving it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the theme of your latest track as well. I was just like, this couldn't be more fucks
1: given yeah. as well. Twenty four seven. Please please sex. tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Tell us a bit about
3: that, about that track. Um and what about yourself? Yeah. yeah. A bit about your life story babe fit about me Well, okay I'm <laughs> our, I'm 24 um, I'm from Sweden <laughs> actually but I do I do live in London I've been here for four years now I believe and um, Sweet. I don't think I'll leave I want to pop out babies here <laughs> and stuff <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, this is your home now yeah
3: that's kind of the mindset I'm in um, and I've been working professionally with music since I was 14 because I, I won X factor in Sweden. 2012 what wow. that's yeah. insane <laughs> that must have been like mind-blowing at 14 yeah it was it was crazy it was very like fame overnight but also quite like you know it was fun but mentally quite draining because i was so young but you know yeah. how do you deal with the mental health of that at 14 and throughout until now mm, i think to be honest with you i kind of didn't have the time to deal with it until lockdown happened so 10 years in because Shames. I was constantly working, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, that's
3: yeah. And you, you, you're media trained as well. Like the first mm-hmm. thing they tell you is to like put them on a happy front, you know.
1: Oh, oh my god, that's awful. So
3: it's, it was a bit weird, but it's also been a lot of fun. Like a lot of amazing opportunities and experiences that I've had, and um, you know, I would, I would go through it all again because I've learned so much, which now it leaves me in a position Mm. where I know what I want and what I don't want within my career, which is very, you know, important and empowering. Um, Definitely. Yeah, and just music, I've always wanted to be, you know, a global, Pop star since like <laughs> the hey, age of like yeah. five. Like, poor yeah. m- my mom, she never got to watch TV ever because I would always just like stand in front of the TV and have concerts yeah. for her and just like <laughs> look at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, oh, yeah, beautiful. a little bit of an attention whore. I am <laughs> Oh, hold up. That's not that. relate.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Attention is like my energy. I, I love don't even it. think it's like an attention whore. It's like that is where I draw my positivity and my energy yeah. from. If people aren't looking at me, then like what's the, what's the fucking point, man? Exactly. I'm here, <laughs> you know. I I mean, I I am working on those feels because you're yeah, <laughs> trying to t- do stuff where I'm not in front of people. You have to work on your mental health with that because there's obviously yeah. something that's happened in our lives to make us be like, look at me all the yeah. time, attention me. Yeah, um, yeah which are probably Dr. Andre, you can, you can, you're just like, oh yes, I understand this, <laughs> yes.
3: <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so what was the next part of your journey, hour? Next part of my journey, I mean, I, I kind of, um, after X Factor, I so I won it and then I got signed to Sony, um, went on like a national tour in Sweden, um, but they kind of wanted me to do songs that I didn't really want to do and I'm very, very, very happy that I've always been so stubborn within my vision. So <laughs> I kind of just like, I released like one song and said no to like everything because it just <laughs> didn't feel good um that's so good though that you did that because obviously yeah. Yeah. a lot of
0: musicians don't have that kind of i guess not opportunity or i guess stubbornness
3: S- self-assurance no. yeah yeah Boundaries. i think it was just like yeah because i i've always like for me it's always just been a plan a i don't have a plan b i don't i like i literally think there's no point in having a plan b i think if you put all of your focus mm. and energy onto your vision, then that will happen, period. That's <laughs> just my belief. Yeah. Um, but either way, after that, like I um, I started gaining followers on Instagram and kind of utilized that to, you know, earn money to fund my music. So I started, because I started modeling as well from quite a young age. Um, so there was always like a few streams of income that I could use to mm. like fly myself to LA and to London. Um, you know, I, I crashed a meeting that my, my former management took another artist to LA and yeah. they, I found out what date they were gonna go. So I booked a ticket and I went there and then I crashed their <laughs> wow. meeting. So we both got a publishing you. deal. You, you know, you gotta go that for it. so good, <laughs> whoa, nice um, one. And then I took kind of five years off really and just like, not off, but like from the spotlight or whatever and just went into the mm. studio and um, figured out my sound. Because I think at the time as well, like I was 14, I had no idea who I was either. Mm. So it's been kind of like that journey of like figuring my sound out, but also myself parallel with that and all of these experiences that I've been through. I mean,
0: you must've had to grow up so quickly from having right. that experience when you were 14. Yeah. Cause that's, you know, it's an adult experience to go through all of that. Like you were a child yet you were acting like an adult.
3: Yeah, I think for me, um, cause my childhood was quite chaotic from a really mm. early age. So I think it was like, I've been through the worst already. Nothing can really touch me. That was kind of my mentality from like seven years old. And yeah. um mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of kept at it and and um yeah, just focused on my dreams really. Yeah. Mm. Beautiful. And
0: today you're making your music's all about sexual empowerment and all the amazing topics that we love to talk about here on Fox Given. Yeah. yeah. What was the inspiration
3: for your music and your lyrics? I think some so one one of the songs I'm really proud of is like I do, and that's like my self love anthem. When I wrote it, I was not feeling like the baddest bee. Like I wrote it, I usually do this. I wrote write about what I want to channel, and then mm. I become it. You know, um, yeah. So the, kind of like affirmational. Um, tracks. Yeah, very therapeutic. It's
1: like a yeah. type like of therapy, right? Write a track. It was like instead of doing a journal, a, a diary, a, a video yeah. entry, write a song. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. And then 24/7, which is like all about sex, was a song that I kind of I was in Norway recording another song and then this producer played me this tune and I was just like love it. Um this amazing songwriter called Julia Michaels. Um, she she had written it with um, another girl called Ilse Juba and um, mm-hmm. it was just great. And I um, actually followed him to LA really as well because he wouldn't let me cut the song fast. So I went to LA and I was like, hey, we're gonna cut this <laughs> song because I want to. So we did. Um, and then five, you know, <laughs> three years later, four years later, four years later, um, we released it. And I think it's kind of the first, for me, um, is a really big move for me to kind of sing about sex and, and talk about sex in that mm-hmm. way because I have been um, unfortunately abused. Um, mm. And yeah, it's kind of like the journey I'm on now is kind of like reclaiming my power and naturally for me as a musician, the first step would be through music. So that's-
0: Yeah, through creativity yeah. as well, I think it's always like such an amazing tool I guess if you're in a world where you can be creative is to use I guess what you have and your tools to help
1: you along your healing journey yeah definitely done that in the past as well Mm -hmm. it's it's such a skill being able to turn something negative into a positive into Mm. something that helps yourself that you can grow from and hopefully helps other people as well yeah. along the way. And that's what you've done with your music. I'm sure there are plenty of people listening to it, like, yeah, I'm feeling myself. Yeah, I've felt shit yeah. before, mm-hmm. <laughs> no I feel great. <laughs> yeah, and before we do dive
0: into this, also, Andrea, would you like to introduce yourself as well and um, let our listeners, if they haven't listened to the previous episode, know a bit more about you?
2: Sure, uh, I'm Andrea Pennington. I'm an integrative trauma-trained physician specializing in self-love, trauma healing uh, and uh, yeah, holistic healing and recovery. I'm mm-hmm. based in the south of France, although you can tell by my accent, I'm the American here. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been living here almost 11 years in the south of France, just followed my heart and my, my soul. Love that. And a lot of my work, um, as we talked about before, came from working with people who had experienced some form of trauma in their lives, and the way that they coped with the complex PTSD was through drugs, alcohol, or food. Mm. And so working with the addiction population, I started to discover that there was a a lack of self-love in just not everyone, but a a subset of my patients, if they didn't love themselves, if they didn't believe they were worthy of love and success and happiness, they would sabotage their treatment or they'd switch addictions. They just wouldn't get better, even though we were providing in a, a holistic environment everything they needed to thrive. And so what I found out is that sometimes talk therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy for trauma isn't good enough by itself mm-hmm. so we needed to to integrate body-oriented psychotherapy so that people could start to feel comfortable again in their bodies to feel that they could go through the emotions and complete their stress cycle and then to to Awa's point we also needed to get to helping them reclaim their power mm. yeah. and to go back to that original programming like I said when a baby is born we accept and expect to be loved to be nurtured to be held We Babies don't recoil from that. Babies don't go, oh, I have to earn your love. Mm. I have to earn that breast milk. That is a fundamental right. So when we're healing trauma, we also have to get back into the subconscious mind to reprogram, to reclaim our sense of power and authority in life for true healing to occur.
1: Yeah, amazing. Basically, you got the good shit. Mm-hmm. You got the good knowledge and you're yeah. going to help a lot of people. And you do help people already. So thanks. For coming. I, I do. I do. I'm glad to be here. Yeah,
2: I've written several books and um, I've I've been on my own self-love journey growing up in a very dysfunctional home. Um, you know, one immigrant parent and then divorce and, you know, I don't even need to get into the details. But, the, you know, up until my 30s, I did not believe that I was worthy of love. Mm. I felt mm-hmm. like I had to work for it and prove it and So in my own self-love journey, uh, I had to heal myself. My patients taught me a lot about this process. Mm -hmm. Um, So I used the same process I used for addiction recovery, I used for self-love recovery. And, uh, and I wrote a song about it. So oh, I, oh, I'm going to have to share this song with you I'd as well. <laughs> oh, amazing. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's so beautiful. Creating yeah. creating things together. Um, It's interesting yeah. what you said about it wasn't until your 30s because I think a lot of people, especially like myself, being in my early 20s um, and being like, okay, now I'm getting better. Now I'm better. And then it's not until you hit 30 and you're like, oh my God, no, I was not okay back then. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm good now. Does it just keep getting better? Do you just keep falling in love with yourself again and... I think so. I think, yeah. I think if you're already
2: conscious in your 20s, you're way ahead of the game. Mm. I wasn't even conscious. I didn't know that I didn't love myself. Yeah. I didn't know that I was walking around with imposter syndrome. Like all of these terms, thanks to the internet, this is like common language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even know it until my, pa- my patients were literally a mirror. Mm. I would hear them say things and I'm like, oh, snap. that's me Mm. even though I didn't have the same experiences that led to it I had that same fundamental you know misprogramming yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but I can tell you that now at age 50 I love myself. Mm, I am yeah. you know bold and fierce in yes. my own way, you know.
1: <laughs> also 50 awesome. what? You're lying. You're absolutely lying. <laughs> this is a trick. Jeez. Oh my. If well, I look half as good as you at 50, <laughs> I am I've made it. Like I whoa. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I will say the anti-aging lifestyle does help, you know. Meditation, yeah. you know? Yeah.
1: Anyway, we could go on. Meditation <laughs> and therapy. Yeah, it's anti-aging. Yeah. It's good to take yeah. in. Yeah.
0: Amazing. So
3: Awa, would you be able to tell us a little bit more about your journey yeah. with your healing? You know, I'm, I think, you know, it's very interesting for me to be on here as well with um, you guys and um, you, Andrea, because I haven't, what, what kind of happened for me within, with lockdown and, and stuff was I started, um, I was in a really, really, really low place mentally because I hadn't yeah. had the time to kind of sit with my own thoughts because I've been working mm-hmm. for like a decade just nonstop. Yeah. And also just hearing yeah. like people's opinions and not really knowing who I was. And I think also mm. as um, a mixed mixed race kid, it was always like, I didn't know where I belonged. And like, even that kind of thing of like, who am I within my music was very conflicting, but then as a person as well. And then, you know, not really knowing how to navigate all of these things. So I, I definitely, um, I started therapy in in, um, in lockdown, but that one was more yeah. like a crisis situation because it was a lot uh, happening um, within the industry and my my work and stuff. And now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I call myself a bad bitch who meditates <laughs> because <laughs> meditation truly it. like saved me. Um, And I, now I'm more like, I can consciously breathe throughout the day and I'm like, practice being stable and you know um, what's it called prioritizing my peace but back mm-hmm. then in the beginning I could sit like for six hours just meditating because it was just like my only commitment was to do something that made me feel better than the place I was at mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I started that and then you know things kind of cleared up within uh, my my career and how I could still be working but like getting support from my therapist and stuff so it's only like now recently that we've started talking about um the abuse part of things and I think because the thing is when this happened to me it was within the a year of me losing my virginity so and it was also in a setting that was um I was supposed to be safe in it was a a friend's, family situation, and someone that they knew, and, and and all of that. Um, so yeah. I think personally, I'm just I've been reclaiming my power of like sense of self within my career, but then also now I'm really like figuring out who I am. You know, I'm only 24, um, and I've I've had loads of sex after that experience, but oh yeah, <laughs> but I think it's now I'm um. I'm I'm ready to kind of be vulnerable again. And as Andrea said, like kind of that body part of things, I think that's where mentally I've kind of overcome it. But I think physically, either I think you go into situations and I kind of become a bit like cold, like very assertive alpha, like in those situations <laughs> when I've had sex and I've had good sex, but then I think it's more now. I really want to start connecting with my body again, and and allowing love, yeah. and allowing and accepting being loved because I've only been yeah. giving. I think mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. it's really interesting what you say about having like going back into the situation being so like assertive. Yeah, because I guess you had, to, you had to you had to go back in being
3: protective. Yeah, and yeah. in control. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm, and that's sure. a
2: very common, that's a common response yeah. for people who've experienced some sort of sexual trauma is to, yeah. you know, we are sexual beings, we're erotic beings. And if we want to be in relationship, in an intimate relationship, sometimes that's what is needed to kind of overcome, you know, the fear or the anxiety. But mm-hmm. I love what you said, Awa, that you're recognizing that you want to be vulnerable yeah. again. You want to be mm-hmm. open to love. Yeah. So <laughs> sex is a very physical And emotional act, but when we are vulnerable and we open the heart and we're fully embodied, Mm. then it can become this very intimate, sweet, delicious, divine, and still erotic and crazy. But what it sounds like is that you're ready to bring all of you
3: into the experience. And I think it's you know uh, the same thing with just like um, kind of getting to know yourself I think a journey of just accepting that we're all of these things that you know whatever Mm -hmm. I want to bring into whatever situation is fine it's still a part of my identity if I choose for it to be but I think you know it's I don't know maybe it's it's a self-defense mechanism to to kind of go into that assertive mode Um, I've had you know a couple of like what do you say just like fuck bodies here and there. yeah, but, <laughs> yeah and it's always yeah. like, it's been fun, lighthearted, whatever, but I've never felt like fully fulfilled in that because I was just giving. And then I've had like a few mm. situations where it's been very like emotional and I'm, where I've felt safe. Um, but it's still kind of like a disconnect between, you know, yeah. I don't want it to be the, the one or the other. Mm. Yeah.
0: How, um, Andrea, maybe do you think that you can get to a point as well after having trauma where you can become vulnerable or even like just getting to the steps where you can have sex again and like feel these things? Because I think obviously like a lot of people will go through these things and really, really like back away from
2: all of these, all of these feelings. You'd be surprised. There are so many people that I interact with who get to a point where they have a new partner or a, mm. a loving husband, and their body is either numb, mm. like they dissociate, they feel nothing, or you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, they go into vaginismus, where it's mm. like a spasm mm-hmm. of the vagina. Um, and so, What's that? The first step, vaginismus. It's it's kind of um, it can happen from not just being physically penetrated yeah. people who who slip and fall you know any sort of injury to the pelvic region could create a stress response mm. such that touching that area whether that's for a GYN exam or it's for intercourse can mm. lead to spasms mm-hmm. of the vaginal muscles and that can create incredible pain mm. for the woman um, so for a lot of people what what I would just described is just self-awareness So part of what happens in therapy or in journaling or writing songs is you kind of come to recognize that, yes, there were things that happened to me, but I am not that. I am not this abused, rejected or whatever thing. I am this spiritual essence that has this body that I've had these experiences. And I love what you said, Awa, like we get to choose the narrative, Mm. choose which persona we bring. And Mm -hmm. so that, that recognition that Yes, bad things have happened, but that's not who I am. I don't have to be fixed and locked into that. It's kind of the first step to breaking up that association between what happened and who I am, mm. like getting back into your fundamental identity of who you are is part of it. And another piece of it is is getting back into safety in, in the body. So we talked about how some people may dissociate. As, as soon as it's sexy time, they're just like, Perhaps when the abuse happened in their life, the only way that they could survive was to just leave the body yeah. until it was over. And so, for many people, as they get older, then they just realize that they're numb. They don't associate any pleasure. They don't even associate feeling um, with you know erotic touch and erotic conversation and, and such. So, like in in my book, the orgasm prescription for women, I give people a twenty one day program that's not just for people to get turned on but it's also for people who have dissociated or numbed out the body Mm. because what we want to do is before we involve anyone else in touching our body or being intimate with our body we need to be comfortable ourselves and Mm. that isn't just sexual touch it's like can I be in my body and feel can Mm. I feel emotion can I feel you know the ups and the downs the highs and the lows and still feel safe Mm. because for a lot of people feeling emotion or feeling something in the body triggers again the sympathetic nervous system like they can go into flashbacks they can go into that fight or flight mode Mm -hmm. or freeze and completely shut down and so for many people it takes a little bit of time to learn how to trust your body and to trust that you know how to soothe yourself so like Awa, she says she can spend, she's like me, I can spend six hours in meditation because mm. <laughs> it's like, that is my place of peace. I can connect to the heart. I can connect to, you know, love and life. Um, so that's, that's those are a couple of the, the steps that we get before we even introduce a partner yeah. into our intimate life.
3: How do you bring that kind of sense of like stability into the bedroom? Like what if, because, you know, it's... All well and good walking around with it, like in life and being able to like self-regulate. But then when you're there in bed with someone and like you know a very intimate and naked situation, how do you do? Do people usually communicate what they've been through? Like people that you've spoken to and stuff, like with their partners? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm a I'm in the therapy world, so yes, a lot of people do
2: disclose what they've been through. I think what you're describing to me is you're starting to be more conscious about your partners. Mm. And we've all been there. Like we have these lighthearted flings or fuck buddies or whatever. But there does come this point where we want something deeper and more intimate. And so that means if you are going to be in an intimate situation, then you want to be fully present. Yeah. So all of those things that you're learning through meditation and being mindful, you bring to the bedroom so that it's not just about the intimate contact or sexual contact, it's about eye gazing, Mm. breathing together, just holding each other before you even get into the act itself and the more that we can do that, the more that we can be mindful in our foreplay and in our intimacy, then you create that bubble of safety where you could open up and then if something happens and you feel triggered and you're going into feeling blocked, if you have that safety then you can sort of say, hey, listen, can we just take a step back? Yeah. And I'm feeling a little triggered. Um, but it requires that consciousness, the consciousness to choose a partner that's not just there for sex, but is real,
3: really there for that deep intimacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I definitely connect to that mindful part because I think for me it's been like, I became quite a sec- asexual as well for a while because I was just like, okay, Um, And I don't know if that was because I was working so much or based of the experience that I had. Um, Mm. But then also now, it's more important for me to like have mindful sex and also to feel very safe and connected and comfortable with whoever I'm in bed with. Um, And I think that's definitely a, a difference. But again, I was a teenager and like, you know, very like, Ex- wanted to explore and this and that at the time so I don't know if that's like a normal kind of evolution <laughs> from a situation It is like it's this, a very yeah. healthy
2: a very healthy evolution mm. to go from you know exploring to what we would call maybe sexual anorexia you know either taking a conscious break or being just really averse to sexuality but I love the way that you're bringing your own consciousness into
3: it now yeah to to be selective.
2: And to yeah. get what you deserve
3: mm. you know, which is deep that part intimacy. as well of feeling like you deserve it i think that's because what i'm doing now on so many levels like just my own healing progress like process with the meditation but then also i um i sleep with this affirmation tape that i've done for myself so with my own voice and i yeah. wow yeah, that's so cool i have it out because i started studying a bit of neuroscience where because i was just like why oh. am i operating the way i'm operating because i didn't understand it and then Brilliant. you know through therapy and being very aware of like why i carried certain beliefs because of the way i grew up and what my parents told me and with that i kind of learned that you know that wasn't really my story and i'm i'm if they would have known better they would have done better you know they're only human as mm-hmm. well and now I have the knowledge to kind of like separate that from my own narrative and completely reprogramming my own mind now, um, which is really exciting. And coming back to that sense of deserving, I'm not fully there, but it's every day is a commitment to kind of tell myself a new beautiful story rather than something that was pushed on me.
1: I love how that. are you, how are you twenty four? I don't understand. Like everything <laughs> you're saying is like something that I uh, have yet to figure out. <laughs> it's like whoa, the mature mind on you is is so impressive. Thank you. <laughs> and now you're like with your, I guess, on
0: your social media as well. You've always been very like here for like the self love and the self journey. Why mm-hmm. why is your journey of self love so important to you to share with
3: your audience as well? Mm, I think naturally I've always just been quite open about you know because after x-factor when I started getting followers it was very like they were very engaged and wanted to know like my story and like kind of grew with me because I was so young so my fans were kind of my the same age and so we've grown together over all of these years Mm. I've kind of had like a quite open and transparent um you know platform in terms of talking about mental health, because I, I th- my first burnout was at 15. Like I didn't leave my bed for mm. months because, wow. and at that time I didn't really, I wasn't really able to speak about it because it was so fresh and I was so new in the industry. And I was basically told not to talk. Um, mm-hmm. But then you go through stuff and enough is enough really. Like things happened and I was just like, I can't not, speak up about it to the extent mm-hmm. that i would like um mm. and i haven't said you know you don't need to spill out all your details it's, it's there's a fine line between being personal and private but i definitely um have young girls in my dms be you know reaching out and that they've been feeling the same way or that they've listened to my song and that it's helped them and that's coming back to the why of why i make music and why i share my life is because i want people to feel something that might. Switch that perspective and and help them grow on their own journey. Um, so for me, it's just like if you know, I can't. I choose my own narrative and I choose what I share. But I I definitely know that it helps people and and I think that's a beautiful thing and that's why I want to continue doing that.
0: Yeah, mm. definitely. Bravo. Thank you.
3: <laughs> awesome. um, Making me scary too, obviously, because you you know putting yeah. Yourself I was out just there. thinking
0: like. It's a fine line as well, I think, for all of us who kind of put such personal stuff on social media, and I think for you probably, because you did it from such a, a young age as well, it's, it's hard sometimes yeah. to yeah. always put your life out there. Do you know what I think else, is the hardest it's quite part? Hard.
3: I think mm. the hardest part is that some people view it as like an invitation to a pity party. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and that's never been the case you know um but I think you just have to overlook those things because like with anything in life you know you'll have negatives and positive uh, contrast Mm -hmm. in any situation and I'll just I've just been prone to like focus on the positive and you know if there's one person who can connect to what I'm saying then I've done something
0: yeah it makes it all worth it
3: yeah basically
0: with all the shit comments as well (laughs) yeah,
1: <laughs> I like what you were saying about with social media and putting stuff out there. Like there is this sort of weird air at the moment of vulnerability on social media is currency. It equates to likes and comments and engagement. Mm. And we can give too much. We can burn ourselves out unless you see it as a form of self-therapy um, yeah. and you put yourself out there. And yeah, getting people responding in a in a positive way um, can can be really, can almost like help you and help. And it's like, what well, we, we we're always like, oh, we'll, we'll give advice, but we never take our own advice. Mm. And <laughs> being able to give our advice and writing it down, is like, oh yeah, I should actually do that. You know, like that, it's, it's yeah. like reaffirming ourselves rather than just ignoring it. Uh, yeah. But yeah. social media and personal stuff can be really tough, really tough on us. We're just giving, mm. giving, giving all the time.
2: Yeah. I've found that I can, I can respond to the DMs because people... At least, like on, on Instagram, for example, when people see my TED Talks or something, they'll come and find me if, if Insta is their favorite place and they'll send me the sweetest messages. Mm. If I go to YouTube, however, and <laughs> oh, read God. the comments, and I made the mistake of doing that once, I was like, oh yeah, my God, these it. people are so
1: <laughs> don't, mean. Yeah. Don't like, read the comments. <laughs> well, I, you well. know, I got
2: on stage to like bare my soul. And to be of service to others, um, yeah. I, I shared on the on the, the TEDx stage that I had experienced depression and anxiety, and yeah. at one point after burnout, wanted my life to be over. And yeah. sharing that, I really, um, I didn't know that there was going to be the backlash. I, I expect you know some of that, but what was a trip was how many people were emailing me and calling me and saying. Mm they felt the same thing, but they were afraid to speak up. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
2: I never anticipated that I would share so many personal details Mm -hmm. because I came from a a mixed family as well. And my mother, I mean, her whole side of the family, it's all about pride and keeping your mouth shut. You don't air the family Mm -hmm. business. So for me to have opened up in such a public forum was scary. But then when I realized there were millions of people who are going through this alone and they don't have the courage to speak up or they don't, Um, know what kind of therapy to get into that's actually going to help them Um, Mm. for me it's been it's just been this reaffirming kind of this is part of my life's purpose if I had to go through that shit and now I can share it in a way that it helps transform other people's experience. I'm really grateful. Yeah. Taking back the power, in a way, isn't it? Mm-hmm. By owning Absolutely. these
0: experiences, and I think especially our with your music, which is a lot about like sex and sexuality, and like so you're re, you know, you're taking the power back from that situation, and that is that is the healing there. What what has that been like? Um, I guess writing music and singing songs about sex
3: when you when you have gone through trauma um I mean for me it's so weird because it's like that because I've been through so much in my life that particular event was very traumatic but then also I detached from it so quickly and mentally it was never really like it kind of just tied into other like beliefs about myself not being good enough and like not belonging and not being worthy or deserving of mm. healthy love um and i kind of didn't have any like healthy relationships around me growing up either so it kind of became more of a thing where i just thought you know and also within this industry i'm it's very sad but everyone i know almost has been through kind of the same thing and so you kind of growing mm. up in it, you think that it's, so, it's normal. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like only now that, you know, as I said, with like affirmations and stuff and writing music that is affirmative. That mm. is, you know, it's, it is very empowering to kind of flip that narrative, but still with sharing it on my socials. Cause I remember when I released Like I Do the same day i also released a video on igtv saying that like i felt like a fraud because i just dropped the song Mm. and i was not i was really spiraling down and that was like um the start of a really really deep depression but to constantly remind yourself that you know you are in charge of your life and making the choices every day to even if it's you know Like just doing a five, going for a little walk or a five minute journaling thing. It's something that makes you happy and that you commit to yourself, um, makes you proud and kind of feel like you can take back that story and and take back the power. And I think parallel with sharing just, you know, my struggles with mental health, um, it kind of just naturally helped me to, feel confident in in the music that I was writing because I saw Mm. that people were connecting to it and people were experiencing similar things. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's happened. It's a fact, but it's not me. And I think yeah, it's like, I think that is the big key to kind of taking Mm. the power back of Mm -hmm. like really not making it your identity. Yeah, it's so
1: profound. Like Florence said something recently to me that really stuck in my mind and it was like, you know you have the ability to change where you're at where your mental health is at we all have the ability and sometimes it's just being told that where you know you don't have to sit and wallow in it you can be proactive you can do things to change your mental health it doesn't have to be stuck in this horrible stagnant place even if it might feel like it I mean a lot of us have experienced depression to the point where you don't see a way out yeah, But that's only when you're in that deep, dark hole and there is a way out, there is. Mm-hmm. It just might yeah. take a little bit of time to get there. Sometimes you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though there is the light. Um, and sometimes yeah. you need a, a bit of a kick up the ass to remember that because mm-hmm. it's so easy to wallow when your mental health is bad and just sit there and, and feel helpless, but we're not helpless. Yeah. We are yeah. strong and we can battle through it.
3: Yeah, and we can write our own lives. Um, Andrea, can I ask you, so, for someone imagine someone listening to this now um and that's just you know been abuse or anything like that like what do you how do you do like what do, who do you reach out to what's the best thing to kind of start your healing journey do you think and you know what things are there to think about
0: great question
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah thank you for that i i would suggest finding that first safe person um, because many of the people I talk to have been silent mm. for so many years. Maybe they tried to tell someone if it happened in childhood, but they weren't believed. Yeah, which sent people into silence. Um, I highly recommend finding a trauma-trained therapist, and I've mentioned earlier a, a, a somatic therapist, um, like a, a body-oriented psychotherapist. So someone who does like somatic experiencing, for example. Um, mainly because if you talk to a trauma-trained, not just trauma-informed, but a trauma-trained therapist, then you can feel more safe that they're actually going to be able to deal with something that might come up. You might go into, you know, emotional flashbacks or become dysregulated. But you need that first safe person to actually unburden. Now, a lot of my clients will do that with journaling, um, just to kind of get things out objectively. Mm. But It it helps to have someone who's there to support you in this journey of healing. Now, the reason I'm I'm stressing a trauma trained uh, as opposed to just your average therapist, although there are gifted people all over the world, you don't want to end up in a situation where you're just in talk therapy. Yeah. You want to be in solution therapy. Yeah. Talking is a part of it, you unburden, you, you get a new perspective, you learn things that your younger mind couldn't process that your adult mind can, so that your inner child uh, or inner teenager can kind of grow up and come into you know, your adult mentality. But you don't wanna be stuck in a cycle where all you do is just repeat the stories, because that is not helpful.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, that's um, really helpful.
3: Because it, it, it really is th- that physical thing, like regardless how much you talk about it, it's still like, and that's what I'm been experiencing like over the past year. Um, mm-hmm. That it's like you know, you feel kind of, what do you say? Um, sometimes just apathic, you know, like yeah. lethargic and just like very numb and stuck, because you feel that there's this energy. Because I remember I told my, I told my mom like a year ago. And this happened many years ago. Um, So I was just carrying it for years because I I was so busy with other things and other stuff that was going on that I really didn't connect to it at all. Um, And I told my mom um, like a year ago and then we spoke about it after a therapy session that I had and I I went into full like panic attack shaking. And now, because I've experienced so many panic attacks in my life, I kind of, I felt you know my mom was obviously there felt safe to let it out but it was so interesting after because it was literally all that energy that I've just been carrying for years that came out and like the screams and just this kind Mm. of I literally viewed myself as like a little child that was like terrified and then after that kind of release energetic release I felt such a shift that I haven't had from just talking about it you know of wow. just actually letting it out of my body.
2: And, and that's very common with people who are trauma survivors. When we've got complex PTSD, you might get triggered, you might unburden. It could send you into any number of things, mm. either being completely frozen, panic attacks like you described, You know, rage, anxiety, depression. But what you bring up about the body is really important um, for anyone who's experienced or even witnessed trauma. We know that the body holds it, like our brain and our tissues store that traumatic energy, if we didn't get to process it, Mm. if we didn't get to, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, so many of us talk about, if you see a gazelle, you know, you're watching watching the Discovery Channel, and you see a a gazelle get attacked, sometimes they'll play dead, and as soon as the the lion lets go, they'll get up, they'll shake it off, and they'll run away. And then the camera will see them five hours later, just grazing and drinking. And so, we human beings don't often do that. We get locked in the stress response. We don't shake it off. So, you know, there's this wonderful work out um, in the world from Stephen Porges, who um, created the polyvagal theory. And he identified that we can get trapped in a trauma response. So, if we don't process it verbally or with a compassionate caregiver who can scoop us up and say, I'm so sorry that this happened. I believe you. Like That's part of helping to regulate the nervous system so mm. that we can feel safe. Mm. If we don't have that or, or we're trapped in our body because maybe we were immobilized and we didn't get to fight back or we didn't get to run away, we need to get rid of that, that charge in the body so that you can experience what Awa felt, that sense of like complete release, yeah. maybe a bit of exhaustion, but yeah. like you said, a major shift. Yeah. So that that, that body oriented psychotherapy is a huge part of trauma recovery. Mm. How how do you get to that point? Is there like
0: is what what what's the path to getting to a point where you can really let go?
2: Having a safe therapeutic environment. Mm. So you can do this in some group therapy formats um, if, if you can't see a therapist alone, but ideally, I mean, it's hard with lockdown. Yeah. You can do some of this yeah. with Skype and Zoom sessions, but ideally you would be in a therapist's office where you can feel safe. You might even have cushions on the yeah. floor so that if you do find yourself in that acting um, out or the, that physical expression of the trauma, you're in a safe place and then they can bring you back into safety and regulation. Mm. It's kind of hard if you if you are on that spectrum of complex PTSD where it's not just, you know, the slight memories, it's like overtaking your nervous system, then it's ideal for you to to be with a therapist physically.
3: So when you feel do you think like when you come back to kind of feeling safe within your body? I think meditation and like yoga has been really big for me and also just like being out in nature like honestly one of the most entertaining things in my life is looking at the trees and looking at how the leaves move. Like, (laughs) how do you, what, What are there any like fun, to make sex fun again? Are there any practices when you feel safe again? Like, what do you, what can you do? What can you explore if that's just by yourself without having a partner? Like, how do you get back to that kind of fun stage?
2: You're, you're already there. Just having that openness mm. and that curiosity to mm. look at sex as, hey, what if this were fun? Yeah. So, a lot of the things I write about is self-pleasuring. It's not with the objective of achieving an orgasm, but it's instead, let me touch my body in different ways, with different pressures and different intensities and different uh, textures mm. to see what turns me on, what happens in my mind. Because a lot of the whole sexual response is a brain, body, mind response. You can't just separate one from from the whole thing. Mm. Um, So bringing that playfulness first for yourself, Mm. maybe that involves using a toy, like a vibrator or something else before you even uh, interact with another person, is if you can start to feel comfortable with yourself, playing with yourself, you will be more likely to tell your partner what fun and playful Mm. things you want
0: to do together. Yeah. I really related to what you said about um, just going outside and like looking at the trees and the flowers. Mm. Like that was something, What at the beginning of lockdown, I didn't leave my house for like six weeks. Yeah. And then as soon as I started getting outside and just seeing the flowers and the trees, it really like engaged me again mm. with life. So,
3: like, I do like affirmation out. walks. Oh. I go, and walk around I walk, and I just- How do you do an affirmation? so basically i um one kind th- i have three affirmations that i uh, repeat during the day whenever i feel like you know not centered or whatever it's um i'm deserving mm. of what i want i create mm-hmm. exactly what i want because i do believe that we do create our own reality and yeah. that what i love comes towards me because oh, i think I in the beginning i was grasping for all of these other because i was trying to understand why i had the same kind of cycles with men and like because i've really mm-hmm. been putting men on a pedestal my whole life and being very oh, oh my god i do exactly yeah the same thing. very like people pleasing <laughs> in general and like because i just had no idea what the hell i was doing and where i was belonging mm-hmm. and like i just didn't accept myself And I think those three affirmations is just coming back to the core of like, Mm -hmm. I am deserving, just I don't need to prove myself and the only person that like I have to convince, but not even convince myself because as you said, like that's our natural kind of sense of self when we're born. It's just like coming back to that, which is my tattoo says remembrance, which is about Mm. remembering that all is within. So when I yeah. go on these walks, I just repeat these affirmations or I look at like the trees and the birds, and I'm like, oh, that's so pretty. And I just allow myself to just be in that positive kind mm. of um, vibration. So that's what it is. I nice. always
0: felt with affirmations as well. I don't know if any of you guys felt the same. So I always felt really silly with affirmations at the beginning, like mm. probably yeah. because I had this sort of like blockage there. Yeah. Um, but I've recently started doing it and it's just, you know, it's just really helpful, even if it's just like writing something down, because mm. it just makes you, you you know, if you write it down, it's real, you believe it. It just takes a while. I used to
2: have a lot of resistance to them because mm. my inner critic was so strong. Yeah. Well, I had, I had multiple inner critics, let me say. So I might say something like, I deserve happiness, and there'd be another little snarky voice in there about, but yeah, but what about this? And you did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So working on the inner critic um, to help... Then let go of that that judgmental voice was as part of my healing journey
1: mm. yeah. yeah same with like self gaslighting that's something i've only recently yeah. figured oh out oh my and, god like, it's yeah. just when someone said that to me, I was like, oh my God. It's like, if you wouldn't say that to another person, why are you saying it to yourself? And telling yeah. yourself that, oh, you're just being silly. You're being ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're just being emotional. It's all self-gaslighting and it's mm. so unhelpful. Yeah. Rather than being like, no, my feelings are valid. Yeah. Um, let's break this down. Let's focus on, let's talk about this. Oh, it just blew my
0: mind. Mm. Yeah. Oh my God, we can all relate to
1: that. Yeah. 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 Everyone
0: that's, that's listening to this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fuck. I guess we're probably like rounding up to the end of this episode mm-hmm. but uh, like maybe finally is there like any from both of you that, your top kind of tips for for your healing journey that journey of self-love just to sort of reiterate everything that we've spoken about today
3: yeah I mean for me it's definitely um building a routine that I mm. know will make me feel good so even on days when I feel a bit like oh. I know that I have these tools, and they will ultimately make me feel a bit better. So, there's just that discipline and committing to myself. Like every day is a choice of making healthy choices because I, I, I don't want to get back to the place where I was, and I chose to stay yeah. here. And you know, I am um, meditation, um, eating nutritious food, and also just like you know cutting yourself some slack like be compassionate Mm -hmm. to yourself I literally talk to myself all the time and my inner child and I just go like I hear you, that's fine like you know but we're over that now it's not our story let's leave it behind and just be Mm. kind to yourself um yeah that's kind of what I do really amazing amazing (laughs)
2: that's awesome I would echo that that self-compassion is huge And if you can take away anything from this conversation, I would just remind you that you were born worthy. Mm. No matter what parenting or programming happened to you, you were born worthy of love, worthy to be seen and held, worthy of success. You don't have to work for or earn love or being seen. You are inherently worthy of it. And if you hold on to that, your recovery is pretty much guaranteed yeah yeah amazing such amazing
1: advice so beautiful thank you so much for joining us today you've been perfect um and before we sign off um where can uh curious fuckers find you if they need more of your goodness
3: (laughs) thank you guys for having us um i really enjoyed it and i felt very safe and you know because it's the first time i'm speaking about this so um, yeah
1: well fucking round of applause mm. like oh, yeah. you've done yeah. amazingly yes.
3: fuck me um it's such a
1: hard thing and thank you for coming into this space and being so honest and and, and being yeah. able to talk about We're really, it it's
0: yeah honored to have this conversation on Fucksgiving. Mm-hmm. so thank, thank you so you. much yes, you can find
3: you me all. on this is our on instagram um and this is our 97 on tiktok and yeah just basically mm-hmm. this is our everywhere <laughs> amazing and check out your
1: new track right yeah it's Mm 24-7 on all the
3: platforms and on YouTube and yeah tap in so sexy
1: (laughs) Dr. Andrea what about you where can where can we find you you can find me online
2: andreapennington.com and Dr. Andrea Pennington on Instagram and Facebook and Pennington Media on YouTube amazing thanks
3: Thanks so much both of you thank you it's been an honour
2: thank you
0: Thank you. Wow what an incredible episode.
1: Yeah it honestly learned so much and a lot of like like re, was it reaff- not re- reaffirmations I've got affirmations in my head like reaffirming <sighs> things mm. and being like oh my yeah. god yeah I do that and yes I, should, I need to stop doing that and um, especially about going out and 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 doing the self affirmations because you're Mm. right, it does feel uncomfortable because we're not used to telling ourselves that we're good and we're worthy and we're, you know, we're, we're deserving of love. I can't wait to
0: re-listen to this episode yeah, and like retake in all that information and also share. I know so many people that would really benefit from hearing this episode already. I was
1: was thinking exactly the same. Like, Who can I send this to? Like there's so many people. Um, And of course, if you're listening to this now, please send this episode to somebody who might gain some positivity from it. Someone who's going through a hard time or someone who's maybe been through some... Traumatic experience, and hopefully it will just shed a little bit more light on the situation.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, Curious Fuckers, for being here for this episode. And you can make sure you're following us. You can make sure you're following <laughs> make us. Make sure you can make sure on um, at come curious at Florence Bach and at read Amber X.
1: Also, if you want to watch this podcast episode, you can on our YouTube channel because we post everything up there now. Um, and you can see our pretty faces. Yeah. And also,
0: please rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on Apple Podcasts because you don't know how much those reviews like we really appreciate them.
1: Sharing's caring. We love we love it to share. But we will yeah. was it see you next thursday Ah, i remembered this time next thursday yay (laughs) i couldn't do it i'm learning (laughs) and i hope you have a wonderful week see you next thursday
0: curious fuckers Mm, bye. Bye.
1: crowd network a place where you belong